Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week we are talking about the return of E3. Of E3, E3. E3 took a break uh, last year and didn't have. Uh, any kind of um, presence at all, and it yeah. was sorely missed. Yeah, and like you know, the the they waited so long to cancel it last year, and I guess like they probably just were like, well, we can't think of a way to pivot this to to digital, and so we have to cancel it. Um, this year, it's uh, I, I'm very happy to see the return, man, and I'm very happy that like something is is going to be happening around that time. I'm also like very curious to see what happens because. You know, this is uh, Z three we're talking about. It's a primarily like big in person kind of a thing for for a lot of people. Us at home, like we like to watch the the things that are largely like outside of the confines of E three. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether or not um, the press conferences also return. Because like, yeah, you're right. E three was all about the the panels and the uh, the showroom floor, um, and not so much like I mean. They happened around E3 because it made mm-hmm. sense, but like th- E3 is not organizing, for instance, Microsoft's press conference. Right. And right. it'll be interesting to see if those things happen. Like, like Mike, well, we can talk about it later. We can talk about what our thoughts are later. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like, I like the idea of like, hey, let's project and see like what could are the possibilities. You know, yeah. let's, let's look into our crystal ball, Chris, and see yeah. how would we, if we were the people from E3... <laughs> How would we, the ESA, that's what I was looking for. Uh, how would we, um, you know, structure this thing? Yeah. Um, first, John, what have you been up to this week? Well, seeing as we recorded on Monday, and now <laughs> it's only a couple of days later, not a whole heck of a lot, you know? Yeah, same. Um, I watched uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. I nice. enjoyed that as well. I'm so, Chris. With the Godzilla movies, with this like the monster verse that they've called it or whatever, um, I definitely enjoyed the Godzilla movies more than I did the Kong movie. But like that first Godzilla movie is still like the best one of those three that I've watched. And I haven't watched the new one, haven't watched Kong versus uh, Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know who's first, who is top billing on that. <laughs> Um, I would hope Godzilla, because they've had more movies. I feel like they're more of a, like, Godzilla's way more of a, a big name, you know? <laughs> way, way more of a star. He's got a better yeah. agent. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like he's headlined more festivals, you know? Can't be can't be putting up on this uh, uh, this upstart Kong. You can't be giving them top billing, you know? It's just Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I haven't watched that one. But the first movie, man, is uh, Gareth Edwards uh, directed it, and it's like I, I liked the kind of like serious kind of tone that it took to it, where like it's like okay, well this what would what would be if these mon- like this monster actually existed in the world, and you see like just the destruction, and you see it from the ground level, and you see it from like this perspective of like the you know. Man, these these monsters—they don't care at all. You know, it's like it's just like these these uh, humans are just like happening around the monsters, and you know that, that I just I liked that perspective. It did have some weird things to it, where it's like basically like one person essentially like was the 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 linchpin in every single <laughs> scenario um, that even mattered uh, in an exchange with any of the monsters. Um, and I was like, well, it seems a little far fetched, but at the same time, it's Hollywood, so. Um, 
you have to you have to be able to tell some story with uh, with a character that's relatable. But I enjoyed that one the most, and so it's not like I've enjoyed the others like a lot less. But it's like just that one is the standout where uh, where I'm like, man, I want to like I want to experience more of these movies like that uh, again. So, mm. yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I haven't really been up to to that much either. Um, I really don't know that I've done anything between, uh, like entertainment wise. I've been, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I've been just doing like, we moved in this new house, uh, trying to open a pool up, doing a bunch of other things, unpacking so, stuff. Yeah, I was about to say, so I you're watched, both, I watched, uh, you're both I unpacking watched, boxes and you're filling a, a outdoor box with a bunch of water. Yeah. Uh, I watched, I watched two older movies that, uh, I like the first was, uh, I watched uh, five old goals west. Um, and, uh, always a, a good movie. Um, uh, hadn't watched that in, in uh, a few years. So I uh, popped that in great movie. I also watched Disturbia, John, uh, with Shia LaBeouf. Forgot how great <laughs> the, of a movie that is. The rear window remake basically. Yeah. It's, but it's great. Yeah. It's still, it's still, still, still holds up. It's real good. The rear window is a great setup for, for a, uh, you know, a thriller. <laughs> So, so it's like every time that it's been done, I'm like, yeah, this is I good. mean, yeah, but that's, I feel like you're downplaying it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't diminish the movie just because no. it's a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a, a an older, uh, a remake basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, it, it has the same setup. Like I, I, after the first act, everything goes sideways in, in, in that movie in Disturbia. And it's like, it, it's, it's, you know, whereas like rear window, it's, uh, you know, it's, they, they, it's, it's an older movie. So it has like older movie kind of pacing and and events that happen and they're like this one's like oh this is like an updated you know thriller that sort of thing it was a great movie i really enjoyed it yeah um but i do i do jeff definitely enjoy pretty much all of the movies that are you know that, that have that premise <laughs> person trapped in house witnesses horrible thing and you know the the what happens next yeah so anyway, I watched that, and uh, yeah, that's kind of all I've been up to this week, John. That's awesome, dude. I mean, that sounds, that's the thing about like unpacking is that you don't want to watch like something you've never seen before because your attention is split, you know? Totally. So you just put on something where you're like, oh, this is cool. This is, you know, every time I look up, something awesome is happening, and I can like track the story because I already have watched this and, and kind of roughly know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a little bit later, we're going to talk about E3. But first, the news. The news, John. Uh, we have two pieces of news. The first piece of news is there is a new Hot Wheels racing game coming yes. out uh, called Hot Wheels Unleashed. Yes. Um, there's uh, there there are two videos out now. Hot Wheels Unleashed, the announcement trailer, mm-hmm. and uh, the gameplay trailer. The announcement trailer uh, undoubtedly looks. Um, unbelievably cool and yes. the gameplay trailer uh, not so much well it, it looks a little less cool um but it also still looks like arcadey fun which is like which is like well, okay that's cool it's just the like the first trailer the announcement trailer they look like real hot wheels cars like, yeah, it looks it, like Forza Horizon, like Hot Wheels. Yeah, it looks like yeah, it looks like they took that uh, the Forza Horizon Hot Wheels, and we're just like, okay, well, let's just put some like ridiculous neon lighting in here, and like drive around on like inside of vents of uh, of of you know houses or whatever, and make an awesome trailer. And the gameplay trailer, it looks basically like, oh man, this is like a it looks like a very cool. Um, very cool arcade racer um, on a track, kind of F Zero esque. Right. 
And so I was super pumped with the announcement trailer. And then I watched the gameplay trailer, and I'm like, hmm. You're like, hmm. I, like this, this is more like a Mario Kart game than mm-hmm. it is what I want it to be, yeah. which is more of a serious kind of racer. And and, and and by serious, I mean you're still like going upside down and like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's still all hot this kind of stuff. It's still Hot Wheels. But I just I want I, what I don't want is just like a. I don't know that I want an arcade racer, John. Mm, mm, interesting. Well, I mean, and I guess like that's like the, this is the interesting part about the video game Hot Wheels stuff is that most of the time they're licensed. Like most of the time it's like, okay, well, we have Hot Wheels integration in Rocket League. And so Rocket League has like the 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 actual like gameplay and then they put Hot Wheels in there. Forza Horizon, like you mentioned, like Forza Horizon 4 has the expansion pack that has the Hot Wheels in it. It's like, okay, well, here's Forza Horizon. What would you do with Hot Wheels? You know, and, yeah. and so then you know they the gameplay that they do with that. So I don't know, man. It's a uh, it, this is the first time in a while that they come out with their own game, um, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I I like the I saw the gameplay first, and maybe like whenever I sent it to you or whatever, maybe I should have sent the gameplay first. Set those <laughs> Some expectations. expectations. Yeah, um, I mean. Well, and this is the thing I like, you know, when I think about, you know, an arcade racer, like, I mean, obviously Mario Kart's the gold standard. Dude, yeah. And then, and then you have, um, some retro I mean, every, stuff. Yeah. Some, some retro stuff. You have like Sonic All Stars, like, oh, uh, yeah. racing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other arcade things, but like, there's, there's honestly, like, there like, was the Diddy Kong racing back in the day. Like, what is, what is, what does Hot Wheels have that, these other arcade racers don't have like, cause honestly, I don't, I don't see anything that's really making me be like, yeah, I have to get this game. Sure. Sure. I mean, I, I guess did, like, like in the, so here, here, let me say that with the, with the exception of in the announcement trailer, there was this like s- section where it looked like someone was building the track. Now, mm. if I can build my own tracks oh, and then, and then cool. race, race my matchbox or my hot wheels cars on those tracks, that's a game changer Man, for I me. Fe- yeah, I agree. I feel like a, uh, if, if that's what that means, which I guess, yeah, you're right. That is kind of what that indicates. Um, then, I, yeah, that makes me more excited about it because I there hasn't been a really good racing game where you can build your own tracks in a long time. Like Forza Horizon, like you can be like, oh, well, I'm going to design, quote unquote, my own route based on these roads and, and things that already exist. But it wasn't like you couldn't do like, oh, now I'm going to put a loop the loop in, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put a um, boost pad here. So that comes out in uh, September sometime. Yes, yes. Uh, let me pull up the actual date. But uh, but yeah, September. The uh, the last thing that I, I will say about it is like um, arcade racers, like largely because of the reasons that you just outlined. Like people essentially have just given up on making anything aside, you know, arcade racers aside from like a Mario Kart or whatever, because they're like, man, they've already done it the best over there. Um, aside from like some indie things that try to like you know do the, the F Zero thing and stuff like that, but um, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's fascinating. Where where's the date for this? Oh, I'm just gonna click on there. Hot Wheels Unleashed. I also thought that the name Unleashed it reminded me of that was there a Sonic game that was Unleashed. Oh, yeah, there's a Sonic Unleashed, <laughs> completely different. Not an arcade re- racer. <laughs> more of a more of a, a, the opposite of that. You have a slow lumbering Sonic the Hedgehog, Werehog. <laughs> Uh, werehog, running around, right. not even running around, walking around, smashing things. <laughs> it's a werehog. Oh my goodness. Yep. I love Sonic. It's so good. Uh, so September 30th is whenever this game's coming out. Nice. Um, our second piece of news 
is uh, wait, I just lost it. Oh my gosh. Uh, there's a new Streets of Rage four. Uh, I guess DLC coming. It's yeah, uh, DLC new characters and modes coming across paid and free DLC. Ooh, and free. This is from IGN. Co-developers uh, Dotemu, Dot, Lizard Cube, and Guard Crush Games have announced that Streets of Rage 4 is to receive a new game mode, characters, and customization options across two DLC packages, a paid-for pack and a free update. The paid-for Mr. X Nightmare DLC adds three new playable characters and a survival mode. All three characters have yet to be revealed, but the DLC announcement trailer reveals that Estelle Aguirre, who was an enemy character in Streets of Rage 4's campaign, will now be a playable fighter. As for the new survival mode, the developers promise challenges and special tests of skills. As with the DLC characters, an air of mystery has been left over the details, so we'll have to wait to find out more. This premium DLC pack also includes the ability to customize the fighting style of each character, allowing players to choose new moves. During levels, players will also find new weapons and enemies to contend with. A separate free update will also introduce the new Mania Plus difficulty level to offer a brutal challenge for experienced players. <laughs> While a new training, I know. <laughs> While a new training system will help people perfect combos, it also adds new color palette options for characters. Dotemu has not announced a new uh, release date for either the paid for DLC or free update. Only going as far as to say they will be available later this year. Cool. If Streets of Rage Four, oh okay, yeah, dude. Uh, so this is the thing, man. Like Streets of Rage Four, already way too hard for me. So. <laughs> There that is zero boss, chance man. I'm going to play that uh, Mania Plus difficulty. Yeah, and like I, I, I it's funny because there is this level of like where where I understand some genres like shooters where I'm like, okay, I understand how. Yeah, like I, get I understand how to do it. Yeah, exactly. With like a brawler like that, and with fighting games, it's like it's like dark magic. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even know. I don't understand. I, I don't know how you. I don't know, dude. It's, maybe it's, it's this combo training me. mode. I don't know. Maybe that's what I need. Like maybe that's like the missing piece. But it's then, got, yeah, I, I always question like, do I want to get better at this? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, I don't. I don't mind getting. I don't mind necessarily getting better. I just like. Uh, so I mean, it's got to be a combination of like the learning the combos and somehow yeah. parrying better and blocking sure. better and like uh, the timing and it's just it's things that. Like with in fighting games, I also don't understand those to some extent. Like yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, there's a level that to which I can like uh, hold hold my own if I learn combos. It's it's like it's also like uh like um well no I, I guess I understand that I was I was about to say like Tony Hawk's pro skater. Like I went over to my it took my Tony Hawk over to my my friend George's house and he used to play Tony Hawk back in the day. He hadn't played Tony Hawk in years. Did I talk about this? No. Hadn't played Tony Hawk in, uh, like, since he played it back on the PS2 or what, whatever. And uh, um, I was, we, we played some, like, um, uh, pro, what do you call it? Split screen multiplayer. Yeah. And he was just, like, wrecking me. And I'm like, okay, well, let, let me let me just let you loose in the single player. Literally within two hours, he beat the whole game. Uh, beat all the <laughs> score challenges. Uh, unlocked almost everything. That's amazing. And and uh, it was just like watching is like what you're saying, like watching dark magic. You're yeah. like, I don't think that even if I tried, mm -hmm. I could mm -hmm. f and practiced for 
years could be yep. this good at this game. There's like a level of like understanding of like not only not only like the moves and the and the like combos or like whatever, but like 14 steps down the lane and I'm like I didn't I can't even think that far ahead in this game. You know, it's like yeah, I can yeah. in like a shooter or it's like, you know, it's like it, there's certain genres where I'm like I feel like I'm very, you know, very proficient at. But like then other genres I just like step into them and I'm like I don't even I can't even comprehend what just happened. Let alone, you know, because it's like it's the same moves that I know, but they're strung together in such a way that they're impossible to like to to, you know, replicate. Like I, I would never be able to replicate them in that way. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I get that. Like some people say the same thing about shooters like that. You sure. and I kind of like just inherently understand. And yeah. I think it's, it's probably because like, you know, one, like the shooters have always been like my favorite genre. And like something that I like play the most, um, and so like I get I get that, you know that not everyone's like that in the same way that some people like they love brawlers or fighting games, mm-hmm. and that's what they play the most, mm-hmm. and they've always loved them. You know, and I guess that's the part of it where like you know I I just don't necessarily know if I like brawlers enough to try to get to that level where it's like okay yeah I'll get I'll get incrementally better like at the n- normal my normal rate. But like, whenever, whenever I, I just don't know if I have the desire to be like, well, for the next like however many months, I'm gonna live and breathe brawlers or you know or whatever. Totally. Um, that being said, I'm super glad that they're adding this for Dude. people who want th- want it. It's pretty cool. I, I love that this is receiving updates and it's Agreed. not just like dying. And it's like it proves that it was a huge success because like this game like was like the uh, you know by all all measures like it was like hey take these fans who love this game take this game and see what you can do with it and then like they put out a fantastic game and so the fact that it's getting support post-launch the fact that it's getting dlc means that like it's paid off there's like this is uh something that you know capcom and like everybody who's involved in is like willing to invest in because it was successful and that's awesome i love that dude yeah, uh, and and I hope that like I think we talked about it whenever we reviewed Streets of Rage Four that they uh, come out with the sequel for this at some time, and I think this mm. is a good indicator that hey, the, yeah. this has this game has legs. There's still an, uh, people out there who are uh, buying it, interested in it, going to buy the DLC like you and me, and yeah. uh, hopefully this is kind of a just a not a stopgap, but just kind of a a stepping stone on the pathway to releasing the a uh, Streets of Rage five. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, Dotemu is also. We talked about the the uh, Ninja Turtles brawler that's going to be coming out uh, at some point. Like they're they're one of the two developers on that game as well. So like, you on know, which the, game on the uh, Ninja Turtles Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles nice. game that's coming out. That's awesome. So like, you know, so they're they're able to do you know these other other things as well that they've been wanting to do. And uh, obviously that one's like a team up with another company that has always wanted to do a Ninja Turtles thing. So I think it's like it's that shared development uh, across both of those developers which is like it's just fascinating to watch uh these types of situations where it's like hey you know these fans of these genres start making those games now and develop like these innovative kind of things within them and people love those games and uh and then they get to make more of those so yeah like i would love to see a streets of rage 5 at some point down the line maybe a couple years or a year from now or something that'd be awesome dude yeah dude Uh, that's the news all right, John. E3. E3! Do you have an article pulled up about this? Oh, yes. I don't have their oh, I don't have their full press release, I don't think about it, but I do have an article 
pulled up about it from uh, gamesindustry.biz. There we yes, go. gamesindustry.biz. Um, and then let's so it says E3 2021 will return this June in digital form and has been backed by Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Warner Brothers, and Coke Media. Awesome. It's, a, uh, it's a strong lineup, especially with the two platform holders on board. However, there are some notable absentees, including Sony, EA, Activision Blizzard, Sega, Bandai Namco, and Square Enix. The event takes place between June 12th and June 15th, so there's still time for other publishers to sign up. I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, this year's show will be online only, but very few little details are available besides that. The press release states that developers will be showcase quote, showcasing their latest news and games directly to fans around the world, end quote, with the ESA working with media to quote, amplify and make this content available to everyone for free, end quote. Um... And there's a note from GamesIndustry.biz. They say, GamesIndustry.biz understands that this may take the form of media-only days and streaming technology. No idea what that really means exactly. Um, anyway, that's just a note for me. Uh, they continue with the quote. Quote, for more than two decades, E3 has been the premier venue to showcase the best that the video game industry has to offer while uniting the world through games. End quote. Said ESA CEO Stanley Pierre-Louis. Uh, quote, we are evolving this year's E3 into a more inclusive event, but we'll still look to excite the fans with major reveals and insider opportunities that make this event the indispensable center stage for video games, end quote. And uh, that's all the, the, the quote they have there. Um, they mentioned that last year was canceled because of uh, COVID and we things we already talked about at the top. So there you go, Chris. That's it. E3 is back. Yes. Um, yeah. So did you sign up for it? Uh, I signed up. I, I, so I got to that point and I was like, okay, well, you know, you select like the different tiers of like, okay, yeah. am I a fan? Am I media? It's like, I'm like, I don't know if they well, I just signed up for, for the fan. I just, I just signed up for the fan. Okay. Like, I'll so that's, what, that's how I feel like they're, they're going to like divide it into what they were saying. The, uh, there are media only days mm. where there's probably a behind the login like stream. That's probably how we're going to view some of this kind of stuff. Um, and interesting. And, and then you can see like content or something like that, whatever it is. I don't really know how they would do, like maybe they're doing more demos or something like that for media only stuff. Um, or, uh, and like for, for, for these companies. So that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like you can observe you know, things that they would play it. Yeah. Things that they would normally do like behind closed doors, you know, like demos, that type of thing. Um, but you log in to see it. That's, I mean, that's the only way that I could think that they would kind of like emulate that experience in a digital format without having to literally stream to hundreds of individual people. And that's just unbelievably hard. Right. And largely like that's the, uh, that's the way that this past year has gone. Like that's kind of like where, what individual publishers a lot of times have been doing where they're like, Hey, come watch us. Uh, you know, let's, let's get a, 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 you know, behind closed doors industry stream going on where like they all log into the same, uh, you know, something or other, and they watch, uh, some gameplay, some new gameplay or something of it. So, um, and I'll do write-ups and that sort of thing. So that would make sense that it would be, and that's honestly like more true to like what you said, like what's on the floor, what's happening behind closed doors. Like that's more true to like the actual physical event of E3s of the past. So that would make a lot of sense. 
Yeah, I mean, and I love the list of of, uh, of people behind it. So it sounds like you know the that like you know places people like Microsoft um, and EA. Like it sounds like they'll probably still do a press conference around this. Like Phil Spencer's been a huge uh, outspoken proponent for um, continuing to do E3. You know, like yeah. a lot. There's a lot of talk last year, and we kind of, when we talked about kind of covered that on the podcast of like people like this is the death of E3. It's never coming back, and blah blah blah. blah. And uh, Phil Spencer has still been a he's been a proponent of like, hey, we need as an industry, we need this. Like, we need one time a year where we all come together and talk about games and focus on games, and it elevates. Uh, our industry in the media elevates it in everyone's minds, gets everyone prepared and thinking about it before the holiday season. Otherwise, like a lot of these uh, smaller publishers and smaller games, like the, it, that, like my, people like Microsoft highlight on their stage, uh, wouldn't get the um, wouldn't get the the media weight behind their. Um, their game that they do. And I think we felt that last year. Like I definitely mm-hmm. felt it where I'm like, I don't even know what's coming out when, and like, is there anything happening? Like what's yeah. going on? You know? Yeah. And it was also spread apart. Like that, like it was uh, somewhat overwhelming and also kind of tiring by the end of the, like by the end of the summer, like by the end of September, I was like, I, I it, there were so many different streams and so many different things that I just felt like none of it, really rose above the rest where I was just like, ah, I don't necessarily, there's probably cool things that I, I would love that are upcoming that are coming out, but I don't know what those are because it's just been so long since we've heard about any of these things and I'm not able to like go, okay, these are the things I care about. These are the things I shouldn't care about. Uh, these are the things that, you know, are awesome, but are not for me. And then just kind of like lump them into those groups. Like I do at E3 every year, but because it was so strung out, it was just like, I forgot what happened in the, in June by the time we rolled around to like September, October. Yeah, and that's that kind of leads us to our second, like, um, kind of secondary piece of news. Like, it sounds like Jeff Keighley's sung what is a summer games fest is back, <laughs> but yeah, like, the that summer was, game that's, fest. that's what everyone was like, hey, yeah, this is going to replace E3, and it ended up just being this like weird, disparate, disjointed yeah. series of streams by different companies that literally made no sense together, and from from what I remember, it didn't really amount to any kind of big, huge announcements. Yeah. And like, so a lot of, I mean, some of the big announcements were technically a part of it, but like they would have happened regardless. I think like summer game fest became whether it was intended to or not, it only like, it became the place where you would go to be like, Oh, what streams are happening in the next week or so? And mm. you would go to their like Twitter and be like, oh yeah, there's like 14 different things that are happening this week. And it's like Summer Game Fest would literally just like grab onto them and be like, all right, we're gonna like we're gonna tell everybody about your thing. We're gonna tell everybody about your thing. We're gonna tell everybody about your thing. Rather than what I think maybe they were intended and billed as in the beginning was, we're gonna organize all of these different voices. Like, but what it became was like, okay, well let me just like forward on the different voices the thousand different voices rather than like unify them into one location and one kind of event um because i would like i said i would rather have it be one kind of event or even a week-long event um whereas it what it just became was a lot of people just shouting through the summer game fest um you know kind of uh marketing uh feeds yeah and 
I remember talking about this last year and we were talking about like, you know, Sony's plan of like, Hey, we're going to do a stream a month and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like that stuff, like it, it felt, it felt like a cool promise at the time. We're like, you mean we're going to get announcements every single yeah. month. But yeah. I think what we found was like, okay, to say you took an E3 press conference and actually spread it out over the course of a summer, mm-hmm. there's not actually like enough like groundbreaking, like huge announcements to spread across that time that feels good, you know? Like, good point, yeah. There's usually like two or three huge standouts and everything else. The reason that they feel it feels big is because it's lumped in with those other three. And yeah. they're all hyped and, the high, and they just like they feed off the hype level of each other. And that's the benefit of doing any three conference. Yeah, I think like Adam Boys at one point, uh, I can't remember, like he's in some interview, but he mentioned that like whenever Sony sits down to do their press conferences, that what they would try to do is they would try to get like three things, like three games for everyone in the audience. And so it's like, but like, so if you come out of a, a you know, hour and a half two hour long sony press conference and you care about three things like success but like there were so many other things that were shown within that amount of time um that you wouldn't care about but those three things that you really care about like and really are super excited about are gonna like elevate the entire thing like it's gonna be worth it for you just to to kind of like hit that mark whereas like you said if you spring string that across like those those three things are separated by weeks probably of uh, of stuff that you don't care about at all and you just stop stop paying attention at some point so yeah um that being said all that being said i am uh, i'm super pumped for uh 43 and to see like okay what what does microsoft do what conferences do happen you know like and i it'll be interesting also to see like okay does the pressure make someone like sony come in or do they kind of stick to their guns and try to do what they did last year yeah, it's interesting, like, especially on Microsoft's side of things, um, there was a question in my mind about, like, okay, well, they just acquired Bethesda. Bethesda used to have, like, their own press conference. Um, and True. there was some, uh, I forgot who it was, uh, there was a person that had, like, heard from people that they're going to, like, the Microsoft one, they'll still be separate this year, but the Microsoft press conference will feed directly into the Bethesda conference. Like, like, they're, they're going like to be, like, right after. Yeah. That's wild. Which is fascinating, um, and to think about that from like a man, that's gonna be like, yeah, that's it's gonna be exhausting, dude. <laughs> I know, man. But they have so many games and so many studios now at this point that like literally, you know, Bethesda would put together like their, uh, you know, their press conference or whatever, and it's it would usually be like super substantial stuff. And then now we also have Microsoft, like, so we have Microsoft's normal conference, and then we have this whole other thing. Um, that would like are gonna have to cover at some point. Um, speaking of, Phil Spencer tweeted out like right after all this was announced. He tweeted out. He says, "Quote: Glad to see the games industry coming together again in June for a digital E3. This and other summer events are proof our industry is strongest when we work together. Looking forward to sharing what we've been uh, have in store this summer." So he mentions other game events. He mentions other things. And I'm not sure if that just means like game, you know, because he used to have Gamescom, but obviously like that went digital last year a little bit too. Um, and they didn't really present much there. So, I mean, you know, there are other other potential events. Uh, so maybe it's not necessarily going to be a the, everything happens this, you know, this week, uh, seven-day period like it used to be. Um, but we're definitely, hopefully, going to be a little bit closer to that than last year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's just trying to, like, yeah, like make people like Gamescom not feel like he's uh, – being exclusionary and saying E3 is the only thing that makes our industry strong. He's saying like, <laughs> yeah, good. Point. he's saying, but like, he's just saying that like, Hey, when we come together, he's, like, I, he's been saying that the whole time. Like when yeah. we come together, we're stronger. And, 
he, I think he says that in terms of like it's better for the industry as a whole, not necessarily my, it is better for Microsoft, but like, sure. but it's also better for other smaller developers and it's better for people like Sony. Like, and, and I think honestly, like if I'm going to project in the future, like if Sony, for instance, doesn't decide to have a press conference, they will be in a worse spot than if they did. Like, mm. like the companies who are there and present, like it's going to, f- we will easily forget about the, uh, someone like Sony. If then they, you know, a month later, they're like, Hey, look at us, look at our stuff. And it's like, mm, like, yeah, I cool. think that there's going to be, yeah, I think you're right. Like the people who do like care, the people who are hardcore about like, I'm, I watch every state of play from Sony. Um, will definitely still watch those state of plays, but like they will lose the visibility from a, a standpoint of like the entire industry. And even like people outside of the gaming industry, like people who are, you know, um, other outlets that aren't focused on games and stuff like that, pay attention to, to big events like E3, like whenever, multiple companies come together to to put together hey here's what we have on offer um lots of people pay attention because there's just i mean just a plethora of 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 money on the board like where it's like oh there's a lot of investment from these companies and there's a lot of uh, attention um from readers about those things where even somebody who hasn't like played video games uh you know regularly or whatever would would potentially like look at an e3 and be like oh man there's a new xyz coming wow that sounds like a lot of announcements you know um but they may not like individually those things may not register for them um but together they would register a lot so yeah yeah uh did they say when this is uh e3 so oh yeah i don't know if i actually said this did i say the dates i don't remember the dates um looking i might have closed that article no here it is i found it um it says yeah i said the dates june 12th and june 15th so it's between those two days uh so i guess there's 12th 13th 14th and 15th so four days yeah that's about right awesome well i'm excited and we'll be there covering everything covering everything we'll be there digitally just like everyone else yeah (laughs) this year it's like it's on equal equal ground chris that's true all right well that's it for this week um i know we talked about having uh things to review but we haven't watched them yet or at least i haven't so uh we will uh hopefully review something next week i'm on the Um, cusp chris see at this point i feel like i feel like winter soldier and falcon we're just gonna wait to the final like the end of the season yeah let's just just review the whole season totally um all at once and then like as far as like the you know kong versus godzilla like i'm at that point of watching that now I've just still got to do the Snyder Cut, man. I just haven't been able to... to, to, to I, man, it's just... You sit down and you don't go, Man, I'm here for four hours. Let's watch this thing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, true. Uh, but I like I, I will be actually be home this weekend, so I will have some time. Sweet. So uh, I will uh, try to watch as much as I can. I like it. I like it. You can find us online at StayOnTargetPodcast.com, on social at ChrisWright250. And JohnWright777. And that Stay on Target pod, please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell all your friends about us. We really appreciate it. We do. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. Target.